The following episode of TOEFOP is classified M.A. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, sexual references, a sex scene, prison rape, time travel, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. Hello and welcome to TOEFOP, I'm Charlie Clawson. I am Will Anderson and Charlie is without beard this episode. <laughs> Did you, you didn't shave off your beard just because I made fun of your middle order Indian cricketer beard last week, did you? It wasn't so much the Indian comment, but it was the idea that um, it doesn't suit my face, <laughs> that I look like uh, my mother has dressed me up for Halloween. Yeah, but since when have you cared what I've said? Well, look, I didn't shave my beard just for you. Um, you know, there was other factors. But I, I alternate. My look changes all the time. I'm a million different people from one day to the next. You are, Charlie, <laughs> and you have the passports to prove it. You can leave the country at any moment. I'm so fascinated by that. I know we've touched on this before, but I'm so fascinated by people who are ready to start a new life. Like you know, like, like when there's con a, men and stuff. Yeah, but not just that. Like you know, you, you know when there's like a, a plane crash or a, a train crash, they it's a co- common occurrence that what happens is that some people who are presumed to be dead in that horrific crash, yeah, take that opportunity at the greatest, most traumatic moment of their life. Like you're just going to work on a train, then suddenly a train crashes. There are bodies everywhere. People are dead. They in that moment think. Fuck, this is a great opportunity. Get out of paying my credit cards. Oh, my God. I've got a plumber coming on Tuesday, $9,000, so I can shit in my own house. No, thank you. I'm out of here. That's a common occurrence, is it? Yeah, it's a common occurrence. Whenever there's like a... That may be a tofop fact. <laughs> uh, it's either that or you just see Bruce Willis as the only survivor in the wreckage. That is No, but that is something that happens. Like, that is a thing that I've read about. So. Yeah. I always think is surely they find you like, you know, how do you get out of the country? I mean, maybe that's the thing about living in Australia. Maybe if you're listening to this in other parts of the world, you just go, well, I just like walk five metres and I'm over a border and I'm in a different country. But for us, the idea of escaping to another country involves at least getting on a plane, doesn't it? At the very minimum. Yeah. We are an island continent. Yeah. Like, I mean, unless you're going, right, this is my great opportunity. This train has crashed in the middle of Australia. I'm going to run to the coast, jump in the ocean and swim for the nearest country. But we are, you're right. We are spoiled. I, I've been dealing with this company in India because we're probably going to be making an ad for them. And uh, just sort of doing all the prep work for that. And one of the guys was like, hey, that's great. Well, if you can just write me my letter so I can get my visa. And I'm like, what? Oh my God, that's right. I'm Australian. <laughs> they let me in everywhere. I, had, I don't need any endorsements for visas. No, you can just go to other countries. Yeah, it's crazy. They're fine. They should be worried about us. We're so far away from the rest of the world. Who knows what the fuck we're doing down here? Yeah, but we're not doing anything. Yeah, that's, they know that. That's the problem. Over the years, over all of the years we've been down here, we haven't done anything. Not yet. Like we've got heaps. We've got, I think, more uranium in our ground than anywhere else in the world. We could just fucking, you know, shut up shop for a few years, get Hugh Jackman to do some fucking fancy dancing and Russell Crowe to throw some phones to distract people. And they're like, oh, those fucking Aussies. And we could build our own nukes so and we- fucking take over this planet, Charlie. So if we got some dictator, some kind of Kim Jong-il. Yeah. 
Who would it be? Kim, Kim Jong-il. Oh, I'm <laughs> going to do it. This is my plan. All right. Because you know how Australian politics is so fucked at the moment that nobody... Wants like, to vote for anyone. For anyone. Mm. That, like, we are at the... Like, for a country that is essentially... There's this thing uh, about Australia. They call it the lucky country. And people have adopted this, the lucky country, as a positive thing. Like, hey, we're Australia. We're the lucky country. But when uh, Donald Horn, I think, was the person who coined the expression the lucky country, he didn't mean it as a compliment. Oh, right. Like, we're was such it, idiots in Australia that we were like, we're the lucky country. We are lucky. I'm going to the pokies. <laughs> no, like, he meant it as a Australia succeeds despite <laughs> the fact that they are fucking morons. So we're the special needs country. I don't know how this country is nailing so much shit. Because they are just fluking things. We are the Forrest Gumps of countries. We are like some person that everyone thinks is an idiot. Just stumbles through history, somehow yeah. being involved in like two gigantic wars. All these major things. <laughs> like it is absolutely... My chair is particularly squeaky today. Hang on. Just move back and are forth. Are you hearing that in the background? Not oh, really. Because no. okay. mani- what's happening is you're getting very excited as you talk. And yep. so you're, I think your words are actually draining out the, the squeakiness of the chair. But something has happened in the... In the weeks since we've been in Tofop Studios, yeah. that chair has got extra squeaky. It has. It's possessed. Yeah. Well, maybe the, maybe the chair's just here going, I can have better fucking conversations <laughs> than this. I want to get involved in this conversation. The Black Eyed Peas new single is just going to be a squeaky chair for three and a half minutes. Remixed. Like, I will I am a go in the studio for 15 minutes, bang down the, the squeaky chair, bang some generic beat behind it. Get Taboo to make him a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he's good for. <laughs> and then um, that's what Taboo's spending his time, like now that they've broken up. Uh, Taboo's really like uh, just doing a brister course. <laughs> <laughs> it, but do you reckon those guys, I mean, we've probably talked about this before, but they'd be on, they wouldn't be on a like a 25 split, but he'd be getting okay. He'd be getting. Oh, Taboo nice would have done fine. Yeah. Taboo's got a fucking like, you know, he's got a like outfits. Because, for like eight years that he could sell. Because you see those guys like after Seinfeld finished, and you know, yeah. and Seinfeld and Larry David. Probably didn't have to work again. Fine, but then you see the other three guys, and maybe they're just working because they like to work. But oh, no, I think they they would you know to uh, to remain in the lifestyle they've become accustomed to. Oh, yeah. they would continue to have to keep working. And also, there's the ego thing as well. I don't think Taboo is like going. <laughs> now the black eyed peas are over. I'm going to live an Amish lifestyle. <laughs> You you know, know, how quickly do you reckon you'd lose that though? Just say, okay, you know, in the next two years you become a huge Hollywood star and you're earning millions. Let, yeah, let's say that, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Positive visualisation. I mean, yeah, this is good. So, what do you got on my vision board? So do you reckon, um, you know, when I call you up to say, hey, do you want to come to my leaky front room to record a podcast? And say, <laughs> dude, I think I'll just build us a studio in the Hayman Islands, something like that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a cave. What? A cave, like a, a pod cave. <laughs> like the back cave, oh, yeah. and we have to go down poles yes. to get in there. That's great. And then we go down the poles, and the poles actually take us to where we're sitting, <laughs> like ready to do the podcast in your garage. That would be brilliant. And there'd be like heaps of monitors around the room, a giant coin that yeah. we've got from someone. Yeah, and that would play. Um, like all the monitors would play shit that we would like, you know. In fact, no, because I'm so rich. Yeah, uh, that I've actually hired like Zoe Deschanel and Adam Sandler <laughs> to be on to standby. <laughs> For every time we come up with some some scenario, they're ready to just start acting it out. Yeah, I'm down with yeah, that. Yeah, so pod cave. cave. The Toe yeah. Pop Pod Cave. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to do when okay. I earn enough money. Okay. How first thing it? I do, first thing I do is that midgets waiter thing where they serve me only hors d'oeuvres. Um, second thing I do is... Um, so did you set it that thing as if I should know that that's a common like rich man That's my folly. thing. That's my thing as soon as I get rich. Midget waiters. Midget waiters. Like 24 hours? 24 hours a day, midget waiters serving me hors d'oeuvres so they look like, you know, normal-sized food. That is my 
first rich person thing that I do. Can can you get dwarves as well or is it just midgets? Oh, dwarves, midgets, little people of Sm- any description. Okay, right, Jockeys. People. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, uh, no. no. Child labor laws. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's like a 16-year-old kid who's really small. Yeah. Like someone who had a really bad asthma or something. <laughs> Smokers. Do you hear about Will Anderson? He's got asthmatic kids working for him now, 24 hours. <laughs> He's got that little fat kid who used to smoke 25 cigarettes a day. <laughs> working for him now. Well, it's good to see that guy got another job. And Taboo. Um, <laughs> taboo actually just cuts off his own legs because he's so desperate to get back into show business. He starts doing the Daryl Summers, uh, the plane to plane thing. He's just got like shoes strapped to his knees. <laughs> Didn't you love that Daryl Summers had his three characters? It was the priest with the buck teeth. Oh, there yeah, was yeah. a tattoo and they had another one too. What was it? Right. Do you remember? No. Had, do you remember the tattoo? I remember the planes, the planes. Yeah, and he also had a priest that he did. Back in, you know, they used to do their fancy dress episodes of Hey Hey. Yeah. He had this like priest character who had like an Irish priest who had like buck teeth and stuff. <laughs> Sounds hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a real winner. That Irish priest uh, stereotype has stuck with us for a while too, hasn't it? Even though that you know the Catholic Church is in nearly every country, the Irish priest, like if you have a priest, he's nearly always Irish and an alcoholic. Yeah. Well, you know the Irish. There's been so many other stereotypes to overtake that with yeah. priests. Why are we still hanging on to that adorable Irish drunk? Oh well, I assume that in Ireland they drank to forget. <laughs> if you know anything about the church in Ireland, yeah, good. Point. We're just like, let's let's focus on the drinking. <laughs> That's the thing we want to. Hey, do you guys have any uh, repressed memories about your time at church? Okay, cool. Let's just joke about them drinking. That seems like a nice safe area for us all. We can all go about our lives eating potatoes and singing jigs. You racist motherfucker. I'm half Irish. Yeah. They eat a lot of potatoes in Ireland. Uh, They didn't for a while. That's why they're here. Yeah. It is amazing, though, that for such a small country, the Irish is so identifiable. Like, there's always that little community. Like, if you go to the States, it kind of feels like you dropped into... You're either, like, there's no Asians, you're Chinese, no matter what, you know, what part of Asia you're from, you're Chinese. You're black, no matter if you're from Africa or, you know, you could be from the Cong- uh, or from like Jamaica or anything like that, you're black. If you're white, you're Irish. Like, the assumption is you're Irish. Have yep. you noticed that? Yeah. Why, why, why is that? I don't know, because a lot of white people were Irish. Irish? Would yeah. that be, um, but, yeah, maybe. Like, Ireland was a big influence in America. You know, that whole Irish Catholic, you know, New York thing, it's, you know, produced, you know, presidents. It's a real part of their, you know, mythology, How many I think. Irish, uh, Irish Catholic presidents? There's only been Kennedy, hasn't there? Yeah, but I mean, I guess the, you That know, was the one. That was the one when... The most famous one. Yeah. but like, that was the, like, they'll be able to look back in history and go, remember when we had that black president once? Yeah, but that's <laughs> true. I remember my mum saying when Kennedy came into power yeah. that all these kind of... Um, because apparently, I didn't know this, but there was anti-Catholic sentiment for a yeah. long time. Like, you can get hired if you're Catholic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And mum was saying that, you know, when Kennedy got into power, everyone's like, oh, look what happens here. Right. The world's going to be genuflecting. Yeah. I can't even say it. The world's going to be kneeling and praying before you know it. Yeah. I don't think it happened. It didn't catch on. No. Well, he was, he, like all Catholics, he actually was like, you know, fucking girls on the side. Yeah. <laughs> being quite immoral. But as long as you can go to church on Sunday, it's fine. You can get away with all kinds of shit. Yeah. Um, so okay. Well, so when I become a, a famous dictator, because uh, I take over Kim Jong Il, Kim Jong Il, and I um, dig up all the uranium. This yeah. is what I run on. I dig up on. I'm going to dig up all the uranium. I'm going to uh, sell it to Doc Brown. No, that's right. <laughs> Until someone says he's actually a fictional character, well, right. like if said, we just get all I this bought uranium. this DeLorean, <laughs> and I bought these really expensive Marty McFly shoes on the internet. <laughs> And I think I'm ready. I believe with this uranium, these shoes and this car and the genius of this actor that I've brought out from America, 
We can make this shit happen. Um, all right. So I run for the election. I say to the rest of the world, you know, look at Hugh Jackman and, and, and you know, and uh, Sam Worthington. They're getting in a fight. Um, we're going to make some bombs. <laughs> I love that that's your, your distraction. Sam Worthington and Russell Crowe in a fight yeah. about who just is who. Yeah. Just like, yeah, I'm more Aussie. No, yeah. I'm more Aussie. Let's fight. They sit there and glare at each other for yeah. 15 minutes. They have like a, a three and a half year fight. Yeah. Then people just are watching. The Crow Worthington War. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it just keeps going and going, and it's the Aussiest war of all time. In the meantime, no one's throwing a punch. They're just grumbling and staring yeah. at each other. Just being a, being Aussie. Yeah, <laughs> just being more Aussie than each other. Every like one of them's Aussie, and then the next time, one of them just is more Aussie. Yeah. Like so, he's like, "Oh, you drink a beer? Yeah, because I'm Aussie. Yeah, well, I uh, I only drink Australian. Sorry, beer. mate, I can't see you from the corks hanging from my slouch hat." <laughs> Yeah, sorry, mate. Well, I import all my beer from Australia. I only drink Australian beer. How about that? Russell Crowe does do that. Yeah. He imports the VB. <laughs> VB. Like the worst fucking beer ever. I mean... I but do- that's how into being Aussie he is. He's willing to drink something that doesn't taste as good as the many things that are available or cheaper <laughs> around what he is. He, he's willing to do that for the principle. Yeah. All right, so you create the distraction. Okay. The Crow-Worthington War. Yeah, I've the got three the three-and-a-half-year war. Yeah. So, uh, meanwhile, the lucky country still ironically named at this stage, um, is building uh, nuclear weapons. Yeah. And so... Hang on, uh, are you saying you got elected? You're a dictator. You took power. I don't think you got elected. You just took power. You seized power. I don't know how. Why? <laughs> because yeah, I mean, don't, don't, don't dictators, dictators don't get elected. They're normally like military leaders or... I mean, that is true, but, but I'm not a military leader. There's another way of being a dictator, which is this. You get elected... Yeah legally mm-hmm. and then once you're in you're like ah Fuck all you. bets are off changing the laws <laughs> i'm changing the laws okay so you're going in through the front door yeah so i'm going in through the front door and then when people see how good my plan is suddenly you know who else do you trust to oversee our nuclear power program apart from the person who came up with the idea in the first place well maybe like one of the many scientists we have in the country not the comedian who the scientists in- the eggheads charlie are too busy <laughs> yeah right the eggheads are too busy oh, working on my stuff you're taking the andrew bolt approach <laughs> if you're chardonnay shipping intellectuals have been in charge for too long exactly so this is my plan i'm going to build nukes and then we're going to be the dominant world power okay take over the rest of the world but i mean how would that other countries have nuclear weapons. Not fucking heaps. We're going to fucking heaps. So the, prolifera- the- prolifera- proliferation of arms yeah. is actually going to be reinstated by you personally. By me personally. Yeah, right. Like, you, just because we, you know how we have more poker machines, slot machines than any other country in the world per oh, capita. I didn't know that. Yeah. And we're also going to have more uh, nuclear weapons than every, no Australian home, Charlie, <laughs> will be living without a nuclear weapon of their own by the year 2020. That was my pledge. And That's so what I'm working towards. And so you got like just uh, a military base stationed on every corner of the continent. So pointing in every direction. So anyone fucked with this, you just press a button. Exactly. Don't you know, know why you're pointing at Antarctica, but just in case. Just in case. The polar bears get a bit up Cheeky fucking penguins <laughs> <laughs> getting together. All you need is one penguin, you know, and then all the rest will follow behind him. Yeah, Little right. happy feet. Swam back from New Zealand with some bad ideas about Australians. <laughs> Ready to go. Now, it's only a threat. I don't want to actually have to use these nukes, Charlie. Mm. It's just the threat of these nukes that's going to get us the power, okay. you know? So the, is there actually, are they actually, I mean, because you are, you're playing with fire. You start building these weapons. Are they actually functional weapons? Yeah, if, functional weapons. Well, if you get assassinated and some devious motherfucker not takes going over. To. I've got nukes. But no, within your own country. Who's going to fucking come off the man with well, all the nukes? Well, some guy, well. Well, hang on. Like, you're not going to nuke your own country. 
That's not going to be a deterrent for someone within the country. Having nuclear weapons is good if you're firing them miles and miles from where you are. If you build a lot of nuclear weapons and threaten to bomb people within your own country... Oh, hi, guys. Okay, so you've got a secret service. Yeah, totally. They're called the uh, KGW. Sure. The WGB, maybe? WGB. Yeah, the WGB. Yeah. And so they surround me at all times, uh, you know, keep me safe, test my food. You know, all that sort of, There'll be a job for you, Charlie. Are they midgets? Don't worry, there will be a job for you. There will be midgets... <laughs> Uh, oh my crack they'll be ninja midgets they'll be ninjas Nin- ninjas ninjas right yeah. I, I import a team of ninjas uh, who are you know midget uh, like ninjas um, to look after me at all times and then there's you you get to like be part of it what am I like a midget ninja no you're just like around for chuckles alright you can, you can taste my food so I'm like the Rob sure Schneider it's... to your Adam Sandler definitely that's okay. exactly what you are right and taboo you'll get what so can you just give me some uh, just give me some really simple portfolio just so I have a title uh, okay yeah no Min- minister right. for um, general activities <laughs> <laughs> that's these general activities, you know, like we're in your primary school and it was time to do PE yeah. and those kids would go off to do football yeah. or rugby or basketball, but the kids who weren't any good at sport, it was always called something like general activities. Yeah, that's what you're in charge of. Okay. General activities. So just bouncing a tennis ball against a wall. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. General Minister for Elastics. General Activities. No, in fact, Charlie, to make it sound more uh, official, your title is actually, and your name, is actually general activities. Ah, oh, I love it. Right, so. I love it. Yeah, have you met general activities? See, that sounds much better. Company credit card? Yeah, company credit card. Okay, kind of visit prostitutes. And Whatever you shit. want, man. Right, excellent. And you, and Taboo. Taboo is uh, as well. I knew there was a catch. I got to hang out with Taboo. <laughs> yeah, and his name is General Pants. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I got a sponsorship involvement with General Pants. He likes wearing pants. Nice. So, like, it, it worked really well. Cool. So, I've got uh, General Activities and yep. General Pants. Yeah. Who are my kind of, like... We should get that other actor, Barry Pepper, and make him Sergeant. And then we're going to Sergeant, Sergeant Pepper. Pepper. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah? And I would also like Dr. Pepper. Yeah, okay. He's constantly on a diet. Oh, it's old dieting yeah. Dr. Pepper. Just get Barry Pepper, Pepper, send his brother through medical school just so yeah. you can call him Dr. Pepper. Exactly. All right. I'm, I look, so, sometimes, Charlie, in my downtime from running the country and taking over the world, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking after my All mate. right, so that's the next step. Yeah. You're taking over the world. So it's not just in, like, the, like an Israel thing where it's like, hey, we've got all these weapons because, you know, we're under threat. Yeah. You're actually building weapons to invade the rest of the world. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll start locally. That's how like, I win people over. Like Tasmania. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, guys, you know how we can really stop the boats? <laughs> Forget offshore processing of immigrants. Here's what I'm going to do. Nukes. Yeah. No one's coming towards us if we've got nukes. So I win over public policy with my, yeah. you know. Hysterical rantings exactly. about people. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so secondly, uh, so once that's done, um, I then... Set my, you know, sights on the world. Yeah. That's when I'm, yeah. So then it's like, hey, guys. Um, I get uh, Sam Worthington, Russell Crowe to, to call a peace truce. Yeah. An amnesty. And suddenly everyone's like, Thank Christ. Hey, what's been going on? It's ended. What's been going on in Australia? The, the mumble war. Um, they go, hey, well, we should check back in with Australia. What's going on? Yeah. Bang. We've got nukes everywhere. And like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Three and a half years of watching Russell Crowe and Sam Worthington. Mumble at each other about how Aussie they are. <laughs> There are some people who are like, all oh, right, yeah, okay, now in retrospect. You know how the war was ended? Was that Sam Weatherington actually pointed out that Russell Crowe's a Kiwi. <laughs> so by definition, he is more Aussie than Russell Crowe. That's a good point. Uh, so, that, so that's ended. Um, I've, I've got the nukes. So I'm suddenly like, hey, world, 
Aussie, 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 Nick, Nick, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's your address to the UN? And that's it? And then you sit back down? But like representative from Australia, could you just repeat that? We don't quite get uh, it. Well, I said Aussie, 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 Nick, Nick, Nick. Sorry, <laughs> uh, the little translating headphones not working today. Aussie, 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 Nuke, Nuke, Nuke. Okay. So the UN... Then- Aussie, Nuke. <laughs> Aussie nuke, Aussie Aussie Aussie, nuke nuke nuke. Oh nuke! They get it now. Yeah. So they get it. Yeah. So they move to put an embargo on Australia straight away. Yep. So no, no, nothing's getting in, nothing's getting out. Yeah. That's like Cuba. That's what they say. But I say fucking send us shit. We've got nukes. Ah. Yeah. Right. The Australian dollar is now worth five (laughs) dollars in any of your currencies. First rule. So the entire world is suddenly like Bali. Okay. Like to Australians, you can go anywhere. And get a bintang singlet. And just go, hey, Swedish dude, massage me. <laughs> massage me for a dollar. I'm Australian. All right. Yeah. I'm with you so far. Yeah, totally. So would This you... is how I've won the people over, Charlie, with my plans. So are we actually physically, physically going to invade or is it like the stoner's version of world domination where we just stay on the couch at home? And like, you know, let's make countries do what we want because we've got the nukes. Correct. That is exactly what it is. It's the threat of violence that's keeping us in power, Charlie. It's implied violence. No actual violence has to take place. Okay. I mean, occasionally we might have to destroy a rogue country just to kind of, you know, prove our point. But, you know, what if you're getting very emotional and you're watching the World Cup and, you know, we go down to like Japan. Fuck you, Italy, you divers. (laughs) Like, is it just, just... I don't think people would die the, against uh, us, though, Charlie. Once we, they, Italy knew that we had nukes, suddenly, oh, you know, I got tapped, you know, somewhere near my ankle oh, and I yeah, pretended yeah, to yeah. fall. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Or he bounces back up. Yeah. Or you know what happens? The referee, knowing that we have the nukes... Kills that player. Kills... Well, I was going to say he just, like, helps him back up. No. <laughs> For sure. Kills just, him. Yeah, just kills him. I like that. Dead card. <laughs> that's... that's Keeping the Aussies on site. It doesn't matter. We're not making any money because there's no trade anymore. It doesn't matter, does it? Because Everything is business as usual, Charlie. It's just that our dollar's worth That our dollar times. is worth five. That's all I've asked the world. I've been quite reasonable. This is the thing. That's how we've got it through. Is they've gone, oh, my God, you've got all these nukes. Do we have to declare war? Do, like, are you going to, like, make us, you know, bow down before you? And mm-hmm. we're like, no, no, man. Everything's, everything's what is, what is it? Just relax, man. Everything's still cool. Just relax. Everything's still cool. Hey, man, just take a load off. Hey, take guys, have you met General Activities and General Pants? <laughs> They're going to run you through uh, the New World Order or the New Will Order, as yeah, we like right. okay. to call it. Um, uh, there's only one rule. The Australian dollar is now worth $5 in your individual currencies. And that's it. And everything else is cool. Go about your business. Really? Yeah. You don't use your powers to, like, say... Why would I? We've got a working arrangement. It suits all Australians. It keeps me in power in my own country. Yeah. It means we can go anywhere we like and enjoy the world. Okay. Do you only you have the codes for the uh, nukes? Yeah. Ah, right. uh, no. Not just me. Who else? I, well, you know what? You'll forget. I forget. <laughs> I will forget them. Like, there's too many codes. I'll be putting in my PIN number or, like, my, in my net banking... Or like I'll have a password and I'll be like, oh, is this the password where I've got to have something that's in like uppercase and something in lower in case and one number? Mate, if because you, that really ruined all my other passwords if that you, didn't have that. If you are the leader of the – if you're the new world leader and yeah. you're still using NetBank, 
<laughs> don't think you're doing something right. You've pretty much eliminated the need for you to have any currency of any kind. I'm squirreling. You are so powerful. I'm squirreling some away, Charlie. <laughs> Just in case. I'm squirreling some away. I've had this dolomite account since I was 12. Yeah. And you never know. You're like, like you said, when you're a dictator, like, I mean, every day, there, there's a chance that someone's going to go, hey, being a dictator looks pretty fucking cool. Oh, maybe I'll have a bit of that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. people are going to come after. Yeah. Me. So, and someone's and some country's going to step up. Like yeah. Kim Jong will probably step up. Yeah. It's like no way. There's only room for one Kim Jong. No, he'll be wrapped. in this world. He'll be getting heaps more Google hits because like people will be googling me to see what my story is. And then do you reckon he has like Google statistics on, totally. on alert, Google alerts so they can know when his name's been? Well, you know how every celebrity, like you, you'll talk to anyone, well, anyone who's ever been in the public eye will have at one stage in their life Googled their own name. Yeah. Normally only once because what you find is not pleasant. <laughs> but they've all done it once. So surely if you're a prime minister, a president, a general, a dictator, you occasionally they're late at Googled. night just think, fuck it, I'm going to Google Kim Jong-il and see what people are talking about. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, he definitely, because he seems like a megalomaniac. Yeah. But... For that reason, why would you think he'd allow you to just, you know, become like the scariest dictator in the world? Don't you think he's going to step up and he's either going to fire a nuke at you to see what you're going to do mm. or he's going to try and say, hey, why don't we join forces? Uh, but what I've also developed, and this is this is my secret, this is where, where I've got it, Charlie, is that I've developed a sort of a force shield, if you will, like, you know, I don't mean as in, like, literally a force shield, like the planes can't fly through or anything like that. When you say force shield, are you saying force field or a shield? Like, is it like a science fiction-y kind of thing? Or um, is it actually a shield, like, made out of steel plates? Oh, no, no, it's not. No, no, it's, yeah, it's more science fiction-y okay, than that. Yeah. Like, you know how in America they have the, the Star Wars program, which yeah. is like if they get a nuke fire, they can fire some things and knock it out of the sky. Yeah. Well, I've come up with something that essentially just diffuses nukes. Okay. Like it's like a radioactive field or something. We've, you know, we've, Doc Brown has come up with it. See, wow, that's amazing. So you've developed technology that could end the threat of nuclear war forever yeah. because you've developed this technology. Yeah, that's right. So even though you have that, you yeah. also then decide to create as many nuclear weapons as you can yeah. to hold the world to ransom. Exactly. That doesn't make any sense. Why? Because you could you could use that the, the the peaceful strategy by saying, "Hey, this can end the threat of nuclear war," and then take the next step from there, rather than the threat of violence. Well, how do I make any money out of that? Well, and retain my power. That's a one-time thing. Charlie, if you give can a say, man a fish and he can eat for a day, <laughs> teach a man to fish, and he will eat for a lifetime. Yeah, it's not. I. I I don't want to teach you're, this, miss, you're missing the. I don't want to teach these fuckers how to fish, Charlie. That's my point. As a Buddhist, you're missing like you know the, the the peaceful solution to this issue by saying we can end violence with this invention and bring the world together that way, rather than saying, hey, you know what? I've got the biggest stick on the planet. Yes, but how, how do I benefit from that? <laughs> I think you've missed the point of this. So you're not a Buddhist? I don't. Yeah, but like, Charlie. <laughs> In this situation, I can be a Buddhist or I can be fucking Buddha. And you know what? <laughs> if you want to be the man, you've got to beat the man. And this is how what I feel that? when it comes to like, if I taught the world to fish, they would eat for a lifetime. 
Mm. No, Charlie, I'm not going to teach them to fish. I know how to fucking teach fish. them to become completely dependent on the fishermen. Exactly. So this is my point. Yeah. So basically, I've developed this technology because if I give it to the world, suddenly I get nothing else out of that. In yeah. fact, they use this technology and then they use it against us. Yeah. We've got to fucking be in charge, Charlie. Okay. I'm a, I'm a benevolent dictator. I thought I had some cushy job. Why are you talking to me now? Like I've got work to do. <laughs> Well, you, you've got to be a sounding board for me. <laughs> at least. At least. At the very least, you've got to be the occasional sounding board. <laughs> I love it. You give me the cushiest position on the planet and I can't be bothered to listen to you talk for five minutes. You're like, really? Like, whatever, dude. Can you come back to me when The Simpsons is on? Yeah. <laughs> I'm bored by your talk of world domination. <laughs> so, uh, I've got this force shield that you can't, like, fly. Nuclear weapons can't get in. Yeah, exactly. So, this is, this is what's given me the, the advantage. Yeah. So, um, so now I'm in charge. I'm yeah. just in charge of the world. But I don't use the power for anything. In, spe- uh, in fact, I've used it only to make Australians happier, happier, wealthier. Yeah, wealthier and happier. That's yeah. it. Go at our better business. Okay. Everyone's happy. But then, what about people within Australia who are like, hey, you know, I like this setup Anderson's got. It's time to, it's time to take over. It's time to take out the king. But why would seize they, the throne? Why would they do that? Because they want Even to, era, they want to appoint their mates as general activities. You know, they like they like what you've got. I mean, you've given them, you know, five times what they had before. Five times. Yeah, but they can five have times. everything. Don't underestimate the greed of man. Why wouldn't someone come along, come along with the same thoughts that you've had? Because I'm I, pointing nuclear weapons at everyone. I have. <laughs> that is like somebody. That do you think when Moses Charlie read, led his people through the Red Sea? The Red Sea. The oceans parted, they walked through, and manna fell from the heavens, Charlie. Do you think someone there was like, I'm going to take this guy down a peg or two. Pretty cushy, fucking Moses' gig. I guarantee someone would have thought that. Really? Yeah, power-hungry people. Going around starting whispering to people, manna's all right, but... I reckon I could get hungry jacks falling from the skies. Even within the 12 disciples, I reckon I'm sure that Peter and Luke had a conversation once. We're like, you know, Jesus is good and everything, but fucking... If you gave me the top job, I reckon I could do just as Doesn't well. Doesn't walk on water better. enough for me. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know I mean? like, why is he not doing that water to wine thing so everywhere think, we go? You think that you could get everyone just... I had to get two rounds in the other night. <laughs> Jesus can fucking turn water into wine. I could be Jesus. <laughs> I could do it, man. I could fucking come up with some fucking parables and shit. <laughs> I love the idea that there's some faceless men trying just to fucking grumbling. take down Jesus. <laughs> just disgruntled apostles. He was the disgruntled one. You just see him like mumbling into his beer at the Last Supper. Jesus was like, what was that? Nothing, nothing. Keep going. Yeah, we love one another. You're like a jackass. <laughs> Do you feel like that would be an issue when it came to superhero organisations? Uh, that Yeah, definitely. Like, like, so if you're in the Avengers the flashy, or whatever. Yeah. Do you think there's leadership tensions? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Egos come into play every time. Like Batman and Superman would constantly be fighting. I mean, who is the leader of that organisation? Is it Superman or is it Batman? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. It's Superman. Well, it's Super- But they're not, they're not going around to each other going, fucking Batman doesn't even have real powers. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure Batman would be bitching about <laughs> Superman all the fucking time. Like, I reckon Do you know who Batman I reckon should lead saying- this organisation? Someone whose parents aren't dead. <laughs> Batman would be saying, like, look what I've done with no fucking superpowers. I've just done this through physical training and a lot of money at my disposal. Imagine if I had your powers, Superman. I could have cleaned up this planet, like, twice as fast as you're doing. Yeah, right. I reckon he'd definitely be better. Yeah, right. So so you're saying that Batman is, like, 
Batman's like, like a uh, like a footballer who's made the most of his yeah. limited like ability, but yeah. he's, he's really he's ringed out yeah, every he's bit of Rocky potential. Rocky Marciano, like you know, un- un- unfashionable, but just through guts and determination, has yeah. sort of got to that elite level. Whereas Superman's the guy with all the skills, and yeah, yeah he's great. Gary Ablett Jr. He's great, Superman. Don't get me wrong, he's great. Yeah, but. He's fucking Superman. Yeah, exactly. He should be great. Yeah. If he got, ever got into coaching superheroes, he'd yeah. probably be really bad. Yeah. <laughs> because it all comes so easy to him. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, so I was driving over here today and uh, there's a old school near where I live and uh, it's been shut down for a couple of years, like a primary school. Fuck kids. You don't need to be educated. Play fuck facts. Yeah. I think, it, well, primary school, secondary, maybe it's a secondary school. It's actually looked a bit cooler than a, a primary school. So <laughs> what do you mean secondary schools look cooler than primary schools? As in there weren't like finger paintings yeah. stuck up and like giraffe playgrounds and things like that. Yeah, no, yeah there wasn't yeah, there, there wasn't like a dome. It could have just been a really tough primary there school. There wasn't swings. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, really tough. Yeah, there's like, no, no play No fucking equipment. toys for you. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, on day one, they show you a little documentary called Lord of the Flies. <laughs> We'll see you in 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, school's been shut down for a couple of years and uh, we were going to uh, jump over the fence because it's all been like, you know, locked up and boarded up and we were going to jump over the fence and take some photos there because it kind of yeah, looked cool. cool. So anyway, about a year ago, uh, we were glad that we didn't uh, go and uh, take photos in there because uh, they put up all the signs that said, uh, yo, uh, this joint's riddled with asbestos. Oh, my God. Yeah, about a year after oh it had God. been boarded up. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. How many bong-smoking teenagers <laughs> fucking get a lungful of asbestos on a Saturday night? Um, so, uh, anyway, now they're knocking it down. Um, and the, I thought, oh, well, maybe they're going to build another school. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're going to turn it into apartments. That's what they do with most things these days. Um, no, they're turning it into an old-age retirement home. Yeah. Like, you know. So I assume they just think, well, if there's any random asbestos, no one's going to notice. You know what I mean? That's it. We can't, we can't put young people in here. We've got years for side effects to show up. That's right. But old people, I mean, you know, they were probably going to die soon anyway. <laughs> so I'm driving past this old person's thing that they're building. Yeah. Then I've looked, Charlie, for the very first time, even though I've been driving past this for at least, I think, three weeks, I've suddenly looked over to the other side of the road at the same time, I guess all the other times I've driven past because it's a new thing. Every time I've driven past, I've had taken another moment to put together a little bit more of the picture, you know. Um, so eventually today, I've gone, all right, I've got that sussed. I'm going to look over the other side of the road. And finally, the juxtaposition between those two things has occurred to me. Across the road, Charlie, from... The primary school slash old person's, old person's home. What is across the road? That links the two and it's a building of some kind or is it an area of land? It's an area of, of land of some kind. Okay. What links old people and young people? A graveyard? A graveyard. <laughs> there is a cemetery. Is there? Right across the road from the old person's home. I don't know how that links old people and young people. It doesn't link old people and young people. More the point I was trying to make is the view... <laughs> <laughs> all these old people uh, are going to have like, it's okay um, and you know you have to leave your house but we're going to take it this isn't the end of your life 
this is not, you've got plenty of years. There's this really beautiful old person's retirement home that they've built. It's it's brilliant. Let um, me just have, let me just open up the curtains, curtains. to your room. Ah! <laughs> it's like every day you are confronted with what the next step in your life is. Oh my god! It is literally death's waiting room. Like if you feel like you are going to die, rather than gather your family around your bedside, what you should do is stumble enough energy to just walk across the street. <laughs> Find a hole and lie down. <laughs> you are literally that close. That's amazing. Then there's the ocean. So the most beautiful view in the world, the edge of our country. You can literally look out on the ocean and you are literally on the edge of our country. Yeah. One of the most beautiful. In fact, it's where the first fleet actually sailed in to Sydney Harbour. That's, that's yeah. where it is. Yeah. So you can connect with our country in such a beautiful um, you know, indigenous way. You know, you're at the end of your life, but you're connected with the start of our country. What a beautiful thing to look at every day. But in between that <laughs> and where you live is death. <laughs> Nothing but a constant reminder that soon you will die. You couldn't make Happy birthday, Grandpa. <laughs> you couldn't make it any more foreboding if you'd had like just a mannequin dressed like the Grim Reaper placed at the end of each resident's bed. In fact, that's what the nurses wear. <laughs> the nurses wear. They're like they thought they're actually nuns. And they thought it was like a really cool modern nun habit, but it just looks like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> so it's essentially an old age home. Uh, populated by Grim Reaper staff that stares out on a graveyard. How horrible is that? <laughs> so that's good. That's good for the for the old people. The uh, the Grim Reaper, right? He's a skeleton, yeah. Yeah. Or is it only he's been drawn as a skeleton sometimes? Like you know how sometimes you see him, he's just a, a shrouded Wait, figure. Or you mean what does the real Grim Reaper look like? Yeah, <laughs> is that what it's you're a bit like me? the Stig. You know, well, I just have always wondered, like, when because the is the Grim Reaper is he, is a skeleton, yeah. or is he a like a zombie? He's a bony skeleton. Oh, he's he's of otherworldly, isn't he? Where's he come from? Well, who invented the Grim Reaper? I don't know who invented the is Grim Reaper. Is it Coca Cola and probably <laughs> before they settled on inventing Santa, which worked really well for them, they went. Now we've got this character. This is just a working model at the moment, <laughs> but he's a skeleton who wears a hoodie, and he goes around with a scythe. And he just fucking kills people. Yeah. Do you Drink remember, Coke. Remember that ad from the 80s, that really famous ad that got banned where the Grim Reaper goes bowling? Yeah, it was uh, the AIDS ad, the first yeah. of the sort of HIV ads. Yeah. I, made by Simon Reynolds. It always... Oh, is that the Simon Reynolds? I think that was his like... Oh, right. that was the ad Advertising this kid, Simon Reynolds. Yeah. Simon with two eyes. Simon with two eyes. <laughs> there must be a joke about that. As someone made, what it, why does he have two eyes in his name? Come on, Will. You're a comedian. Give me something. I know. Well, I guess he's in advertising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the, so, okay. All right, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the wind-up. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, okay. Um, uh, uh, well, uh, it'd be better if it had two U's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting an insight into the creative process for your comedy shows. It's like... Pauline Hanson, who wants a joke here somewhere. It'd be better if her surname was Pauline Hampson. Make like a pig joke. Yeah. Is that your, your whole show is explaining to the audience how your jokes could have been better if only the subjects of your jokes had different spelling of their names? <laughs> you could call the show, this could have been funny if... Dot, dot, dot. 
I always uh, toyed with the idea of overseas doing an, an entire Australian comedy show. Like, so all Australian references, blah, blah, blah. But at the start, I would show like a five-minute like explanation video. Oh, yeah. So it would just be like, this is Matt Preston. He's like a fat guy who likes eating food. He's a judge on a cooking show. This is Danny Minogue. She's like the sister of Kylie Minogue, who is actually famous. She's not really that famous. And that, and then they're just all the references. This is like Kevin Rudd. He got knifed in the back by Julia Gillard. Yeah. And then you could just do the show and people would be like, oh, yeah, I get that because that's a reference to him being think, knifed in the back by do, that woman. And do you think people would remember? Just so you pick, say, five categories. So you've got the fat guy reference, you've yep. got the B-grade celebrity reference, you've got the politician reference, right? right? Do you think that people would need to actually specifically retain information about who those people were or it's just that it's universal because every country has their B-grade celebrity, their fat guy, their... Well, everyone knows what a fat guy is. That's all you need to know. Yeah, right. All you need to know is he's a fat guy. Well, but if it's Danny Minogue, I mean, like, would they need to know something about Danny Minogue? Well, you just give them whatever information you needed for your joke. Yeah. So say you were going to make some joke about... um, Okay, uh, I remember a joke I made once on the radio about uh, Danny Minogue. Um, uh, so, uh, Danny Minogue is less famous than her sister Kylie. Um, her so- she's a singer as well, but her songs aren't as good as her sister Kylie. And um, uh, she has breast implants. Okay, that's your bits of information you okay. need to know. Uh, Kylie Minogue, the musical, has just opened on the West End. Uh Danny Minogue, the musical, will be opening down the street with worse songs and overinflated props. Ah. Bang, You right? see the audience look down to their reference sheet and like, uh, <laughs> Danny Minogue, oh! <laughs> so there's always like a 10-second delay after each joke because they have to just look it up. Oh, we get it. The footnote show. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Now that I understand that, that is very amusing. <laughs> So what I was working on with the Simon Reynolds thing was like, oh, arrogant, you know, how arrogant are people in advertising? You know, he's so arrogant, he spells his name with two I's. Oh, yeah, that's good. There yeah. you go. Okay. Well, you, only, you only needed five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I padded out with that other thing yeah. about the show the whole time. I was Duck's legs are spinning under the water. <laughs> that was, see, well, that, Charlie, that way I did that is exactly... Um, that conversation was the uh, Sam Worthington and Russell Crowe oh, distraction. Beautiful. Wow, behind the scenes, I was putting together the nuclear weapons program that was the Simon Reynolds 2i joke. Lo- yeah, lovely misdirection. Yeah, there. that's what I do. So yeah. that's, how I, that's how I've managed to fucking do it. That, you watch, that's what you learn from watching The Prestige 500 times. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of misdirection. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, Simon Reynolds made the Grim Reaper uh, yeah. ad. Yeah, and it always bothered me. How does a Grim Reaper get his bony fingers in and out of the of the holes in the ball? That that's going to be hard. Like to grip, if you're trying to grip a bowling ball with like no skin and muscle on your hand, would be really really tough. It'd be like trying to pick up a bowling ball with three twigs. No, no, no. I don't think his bones are, are brittle. And I the, mean, he's got to be like you yeah, know, but they've got because he's like traveling through. But you're gripping, time. you're gripping the ball. Yeah, with your skin, like he's got nothing to grip it with. Like the he's just gripping it with the power of his talons. Like he's gripping it so tightly. Yeah. Well, that's going to affect his release. How did he get that strike? <laughs> well, I mean, over a period of time, he's you know adjusted you know his technique to suit <laughs> his limitations. You know what that ad really needed was one of those kind of fifties bowling shirts with his name sewn in the back. Grim. <laughs> Grim. 
and a couple of his kind of middle-aged friends sitting in the background smoking and other fictional characters santa and the tooth fairy (laughs) (laughs) like he's in a bowling league Wouldn't it have been great if this? Because if people don't remember this ad, maybe I'll I'll try to find it on uh, YouTube and I'll post it on his Facebook. No, you should just explain it now, so like your jokes, people can get get (laughs) go back and go. Oh, that was funny. So um, it was the height of the AIDS epidemic, Mm. and so basically. Yeah, the the idea was yeah the, the Grim Reaper was going bowling and the the pins were anyone could go of, down anyone could go down yeah, um so uh it so it was a really serious ad yeah it was really shocking Moody. and at the time like was like controversial a looked like a yeah. horror movie like really really controversial imagine if there was a longer cut of that ad yeah. that he goes look I've got no right. Uh, this is the idea. Grim Reaper goes bowling. Represents you know everyone can die over the the plague of AIDS. It's really shocking. It's going to really blow people's minds. Everyone's like, this is perfect. This is exactly what we're looking for. It will really change. You know, it'll change our world. You will save lives. You're a genius. Yeah, Simon. We were suspicious about the two eyes, <laughs> but we've got to be honest with you. This is fantastic the, work. The first time I read your name on the page, I almost pronounced it Simon because <laughs> I was wondering why you'd elongated the vowel, but. Doesn't matter. We Doesn't love it. <laughs> we love it. We think it's fantastic. He goes, great. We've just got a long one to show you as well. <laughs> and in this one, they just pan out to... A suburban bowling league. Yeah. And Santa Claus. <laughs> Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> just sitting there. Just sitting but there. they're all overweight, like middle-aged men. Yeah. like It's, tooth- like, it's like a scene from The Big Lebowski. <laughs> tooth Fairy's eating like a hot dog. <laughs> Spraying the inside of his shoes. Yeah, yeah. Easter Bunny's got his paw over that like windblower thing before he chooses his ball. <laughs> what would their name be? Because you know, bowl, like bowling league teams have a name. It'd be some kind of pun on being the unholy rollers. <laughs> right? There's only one of them's unholy. Yeah, I know. Well, this is the thing that they're all really bitter about was that the Grim Reaper is the best bowler in the team. He's the best bowler in the team, so he got to name the team. So he's called them the Unholy Rollers, which is really fucking particularly disturbed Santa Claus, who is <laughs> not, he's not unholy in any way. He couldn't be more holy. So uh, he's really bitter about it. Uh, he's trying to get the other guys on side all the time. But, you know, the Grim Reaper is the best bowler. So, And that brings us back to our first point, yeah. Will. They're on this winning bowling team and Santa Claus is sitting next to his friend saying, fucking Grim Reaper. Yeah. I can take that job. I can do it better than him. Exactly. And that brings me to my other point, which is if you're the Grim Reaper, if you have all the power, my <laughs> friend, then you get to fucking name the team. <laughs> you get to name the team. So uh, the Grim Reaper's in charge. They pan back um, and it's all the guys just in his bowling league. Yeah. He's got Grim on his back. <laughs> you know. Santa. Yeah, Bunny. What is Easter Bunny? Bunny or Easter? Bunny. Bunny. Yeah, Bunny. And the Bunster. And what Tooth Fairy would just be? TF. TF. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. One of them has to have a cool a, a nickname or, or something like that. I wonder if it was one of those ads where they had to keep doing take after take because the Grim Reaper didn't get a strike. <laughs> no, well, that's the next thing they're going to release on YouTube is the bloopers. The Grim Reaper. Oh, oh wouldn't it be? Gutter um, balls. Yeah. Like, what, I don't, what's that? Is it a 10-2 split or whatever the hardest one? I thought it was a strike. No, no, no. But what's the hardest bowling? Uh, yeah, like a 10-4 split or, or whatever it is. It's where you leave the two pins. back ones, yeah, right? Yeah. So this is the longer version of the ad. They pan back, you know, Easter Bunny, Santa Claus and Tooth Fairy <laughs> just sitting around. And uh, the, the Grim Reaper bowls and he picks up a 10-2 split. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> then he comes back and everyone's like, oh, that's a really hard one to get. And like, then he has to go through the process of like, does he go for one of them or does he try to spin it and flick the other one back? Yeah, and yeah. It's a much more complicated app. <laughs> Goes on for another 15 minutes. <laughs> but it's actually a lot more, you know, it appeals a lot more to bowling fans. <laughs> Simon, this ad is as long as the two eyes in your name. <laughs> He's so happy he's added an extra couple of eyes. He's now got four eyes in his name. Every time he writes an award-winning campaign, he adds another yep. eye to his name. Yep. I now award you uh, this uh, Khan Golden Lion and an extra eye. <laughs> Simon Reynolds. His gravestone's going to be about 40 feet wide. All the old people in my retirement home are like, now we can't see the ocean anymore. <laughs> Simon Reynolds died and his gravestone it's covered like the fence. entire coast. <laughs> so I don't know where the Grim Reaper came from, but I, I, my understanding of the Grim Reaper is that, you know, it's just, yeah. He's the uh, escort. Yeah, so he just um, appears. Like, I don't think that, you know, I think... He appears in that skeleton form because that's like scary or whatever. Do you reckon he hates his job in the same way that like, you know, dentists hate their job because people are always scared of them or apprehensive? Like he must appear and he's just like, for fuck's sake, just for once, I'd like to appear at the end of this, an old person's bed and have them be happy to see me. But you know that every time, he's like a parking inspector. Every time he shows up, people are arguing with him, getting angry. Like he must fucking hate his job. I guess you're right because he's like... no, but I guess like people who are parking inspectors or, you know, anything like that, you've always got to go, my job is a necessary part of, you know... Help, Existence. Help, helping our society operate. Even yeah. parking inspectors. And, you know, yes, of course, we all get shitty at parking inspectors. But uh, I had this a big conversation with Limo one day and he was like, talked me through why... He said, well, have you ever gone past somewhere and thought, you know, I wish I could get a park here, but you can't get any parks or like, you know, you can't, yeah, something can't get out because someone's parked across or it's, yeah, you try to pull out of somewhere and there's a dangerous, he goes, that's, those, those laws are all invented for a reason. Yeah. And the parking officers and the traffic police and all that sort of thing are just enforcing them so that we can all, you know, mm. live in a better world. Mm-hmm. And we go, fuck you for that. <laughs> fuck you for ordering our society. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to see the Grim Reaper appear at the end of their bed and go, oh, you know what? Oh, fuck, man. Like, I don't want to leave my wife and family and I feel like I have so much more life to live. But you're doing a job and yeah. I respect that and that's the rules of the universe. But some people might. Like old, sick, hurdy, tired people. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, they'd welcome the Grim Reaper. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Thank God you're here. Hey, fuck, man. Where have you been? <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Or people listening to Tofop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When the, if you're listening to this episode and the Grim Reaper appears, you're like, oh, thank fuck. <laughs> We're the only podcast that can summon death. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Grim Reaper just yeah, rocks up. <laughs> People are not happy to see him. But he he's like, you know, he justifies it to himself that like, you know, without death, there is no life. Mm. You know, the world will run out of resources and stuff like that, if nothing else, if people... Stop dying, and the minute people stop dying, you know, uh, how does how does death stop? Do you know what I mean like, uh, you know, do people continue to get injured? Yeah, can they just not die? Yeah. So like, the Grim Reaper's got a very important job. So even though it's an unpopular job, 
No one's ever happy to see him, like the dentist. Yeah. He tries to make the best of it. Maybe even like the dentist. He, like, you know, dentists have now tried to make it less scary. Like, you go into the dentist and, like, there's, like, really soothing music yeah, playing. Yeah. And, like, if you... Sexy nurses. Yeah. And, there, like... There's a doctor, a dentist I go to in Melbourne, and he has made the very wise decision to staff his entire surgery with just very attractive young women. Yeah. It's so distracting. I'd let, like, I'd let him give me, like, three root canals <laughs> surround me by those beautiful nurses. Yeah, well, so that's what the Grim Reaper's done. He's got, like, a, a foxy assistant. <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing, like, a sexy little hooded shroud. Yeah. You know, she's got, like, a, just a little scythe tucked into her pocket. And she's playing, like, um, some really, like, relaxing harp music or something yeah, right. like that with the scythe. Who's like going to pay for that, Will? The Grim Reaper department has a very small budget every year. And you're saying he's going to employ a whole assistant? Mate, the Reaper has a fucking unlimited budget. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you're the Reaper, you're the one. You're the one Reaper in the world. You have access to whatever funds you need at whatever stage. And I feel like the Reaper's a guy. He just does his job. You know, he's not... Can he switch off ever, do you think, when he gets home from a hard day's re- reaping? <sighs> no, you know what the thing is about reaping? It's like, it's it's always there with you. Yeah. Like, even when you're not he reaping, job. you know that at some stage soon you're going to be reaping again. So, like, he's got a night off and he just goes out for quiet dinner. Can't get a night off when you're the Reaper, man. Well, not to say he must, on call. he must have some. He'd have a beeper. He'd have a he'd, reaper, have, a he'd have a reaper okay. beeper. Okay, so that <laughs> <laughs> he could like 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 a mobile phone ring that he always has like really funny, ironic sort yeah. of like. But the, you know the prices come down on those now because a, a reaper's beep is cheaper. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I loved. I was like Charlie's not listening to me on this whole making it into a mobile phone. My ring. legs were <laughs> spinning under the pond. I thought when I, I went with a mobile phone ring, he'd like chuck in a couple of ones that might be ironic. Oh, no, he was thinking about something else. <laughs> Not for the first time. Yeah, he was going deeper into the Reaper beeper being cheaper. <laughs> I know, that one was a real sleeper. <laughs> I kneel before you, my master. That was amazing. Yeah, thanks, man. That was, that was wonderful misdirection. I was wondering what you were doing. You just kept talking and talking, but you were just buying yourself time. Um, yeah, so the Reaper rocks up with his foxy assistant. She's playing some relaxing music, maybe yeah. some dolphins, like, yeah. just, you know. Well, hang on. Here's my question about the Reaper, right? Okay. So he's got his beeper. Yeah. No more jokes. Yes. And he's uh, gone out for a meal somewhere and he's not off. Just quiet on his own, just mm. wants to have a good meal, Does maybe he a glass of wine. He doesn't look like he eats. Well, no, but it's more for the ambiance, you know. He doesn't. The, he can eat the food; doesn't go anywhere. But it's just more, you know. He wants to night off, oh. and he's like one of those those people you hate who are like, "Oh, I eat whatever I like." I yeah, still look like this. <laughs> so he's out to yeah. dinner. The guy next to him starts choking on his steak. Do you think he just is like, Ugh, for fuck's sake, like this was my one night, but now I've got to go to work, or does he give the guy maybe like, you know, five minutes extra than he'd normally give? Uh, I don't know, I think he can let him choke while he finishes his food. Yeah, he wouldn't get straight into it. It's no. his night off. I mean, the guy's going to be dead anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You well, could... what, but what happens if he dies and the Reaper doesn't come to collect him? Does he, is he like a live dead or just a body? Like a zombie? Oh, he's, well, I guess he, he can't move on. Okay. So the body might be dead, but, you know, you're just hanging around waiting for the so Reaper. So there's like a, a, a spirit. Just yeah. hovering now, waiting yeah. to go to heaven, right? Totally, until the Reaper arrives. Okay. And he can see the Reaper because the Reaper's at the same restaurant. <laughs> the Reaper's quietly eating a minestrone. <laughs> no, I'm not the Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and I'm, I'm right here. 
But he'd also find the problem on his night off that he'd like turn up to that restaurant yeah. and the maitre d'd be like, oh, oh fuck. And he's yeah. like, no, no, it's okay, mate. No. I'm, off the, I'm off the clock. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just here for a minute. He probably books under another name on the nights when he's. Glenn Roper. Puts on like a, I don't know, like puts on a disguise of some kind. <laughs> like the Nacho, the Groucho Marx glasses. Yeah. So you just peer into that hood and you just see like a disembodied glasses, rubber nose and mustache. Because he wants to go incognito. The maitre, the maitre d gets there. The maitre d' gets there. The Grim Reaper's at the door. He's like, oh my God, you're the Grim Reaper, don't kill me. And then the Reaper just pulls the hood back a bit and he sees the moustache and the glasses and he's like, oh, the Grim Reaper doesn't have a moustache. <laughs> I suddenly had this image of the Grim Reaper laying around on his couch like in a Snuggie version of the Reaper's outfit. Yeah. Like just for yeah. comfort at home. Yeah, he puts on his Ugg boots and yeah. his Snuggie. <laughs> his Snuggie Reaper outfit. So he's out for dinner. He's come to the restaurant. Yeah. Um, someone dies. Yep. Has, like chokes on a steak. He, he, he gets there because he's a pro, the Reaper. You know what I mean? Like this is a guy. It's it's not a job. It's a calling, you know? And and even on the days when he, you know, doesn't feel like reaping. Because there's got to be days, even if you're the Reaper, where you don't feel like reaping. Yeah. You just want to sleep in, do no reaping, you know? <laughs> Reap like, tomorrow. Sounds like a Neil Young song, I'm sure. <laughs> Some days you don't feel like reaping. <laughs> he, he sells it to his uh, his record company and they're like, we love it. You did say reaping, right? <laughs> Just before we print this and send it out. <laughs> it, it is reaping. We don't, you know, it's hard to, with your, the way you Our sing, typist also does the menus at Asian restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to make sure. Okay, so... Uh, the Grim Reaper's gone to the restaurant. Guy's yeah. died uh, across from him. I think the Reaper pretty much gets into it. You know what I mean? Because. It's almost Re- muscle memory for him. Yeah, totally. The Reaper can kind of phone it in and still get the job done, you know? I, I, the Reaper kind of- <laughs> That would be like the most pathetic end to a life is you get a disinterested Reaper. It's yeah. like, all right, dude, come on. Time to go yeah. to heaven. Come yeah. on, man. He's just sighing the whole time. Reap, reap. You end up having to, <laughs> to counsel him. <laughs> He fucking just dumps all his problems on you. He's like, I've been doing this for what feels like eternity. And Man, I don't know how to do anything else, you know. Yeah. I, 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 Sometimes I think I'd like to be an actor. You know, maybe, yeah, I wanted to paint. You know, I painted a bit when I was at college and that was always a thing I enjoyed. Finger painting? Well, kind of finger painting, more like bone painting. Yeah. But... Scratchy, but like it's really defined lines. Like it's, it was postmodern. People really dug it, you know. Emo Reaper. That would have been the teenage Reaper. The Reaper could definitely be emo. Yeah. Nothing more emo than the Reaper, you know what I mean? <laughs> Dealing with constantly. But he kind of strikes me more than rather than like a gothic type figure. The the Reaper strikes me more as like, you know, George Clooney's character in um, that uh, Jason Reitman film. Up in the air. Up in the air. That's what I reckon the Reaper's like. You know, just the guy who's... Just like, doing his job. And, just doing his job. And making the best of it. Like that guy didn't love go, having to go to places and mm. lay people off. Yeah. You know, yeah. but he knew that that was a job that needed to be done. Yeah. It was a job that he could do yeah. and kind of make the people who are being reaped yeah. feel better yeah. like about being reaped. And he sets himself little goals to sort of distract himself from the monotony, like, you know, getting... Frequent, frequent, frequent reaping. The reaper could get frequent reaping, reaping points. points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You did say reaping, right? <laughs> you said reaping, right? <laughs> How often uh, does he have to say that when he's going for a job interviews? They're like, so, you see, you've got, uh, well, an eternity's experience reaping. It is reaping, right? reaping. <laughs> I'm the Grim Reaper. 
Uh, really sad uh, sexual offender. Yeah. (laughs) The sad sexual offender. Otherwise, there's a grim offer. No. Other rejected Coca Cola marketing (laughs) ideas. So that's what the Grim Reaper's really happy about. He's like, well, at least my bowling league with Santa and the Easter Bunny is better when I used to have to hang out with Sad Sexual Offender and those guys. <laughs> and Sad Sexual Offender was actually a better bowler than the Grim Reaper, so he got to name the group. <laughs> it was awful. Um, so uh, the Grim Reaper, yeah, he's just like a Clooney type. He's just like, you know, he's just going about his business. Yeah, sure. If he met like the right woman or like got the right opportunity, then maybe he He'd could... jump her bones. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, but I think he could have a different, you know, he could have a life change. If if someone else came along and really wanted to be the Reaper, then he could, you know, if the Grim Reaper was one day on a moving train and there was an accident and the Reaper's <laughs> like, this is my opportunity. <laughs> I can go to another country and just like fucking live my life peacefully. Eat, pray, love, you know? <laughs> hey, uh, let's wrap it up. All right. Um, do you have stuff to plug? Uh, okay, yeah, I'm on tour. Uh, Man vs. Will, it's finished in Sydney, uh, but it's now, um, I'm going to this like... This has been going for fucking ever. It has been going on forever. <laughs> I just ate weeks of it in Sydney. That's I, insane. It like literally was getting to the point where it was driving me insane. Like, um, yeah, and you would just start looking for those things in the show that just would make that night... Like the other night, some people came in late and they sat in the front row and she was eating a pretzel, like eating it like a giant pretzel, right? And they were like, oh, yeah, sorry, we're late. And I'm like, you had time to stop and get a fucking pretzel. <laughs> Maybe if you weren't like, A, you, you are late to my show because you, you're eating a pretzel. B, you're eating that pretzel while I tell the rest of my jokes <laughs> so that you're not going to laugh. You're just going to spit bits of fucking salty dough at me. Glad you stopped for the fucking pretzel. Thank you. Um, Anyway, yeah, I'm going to North Queensland and don't fucking eat a pretzel is my point. <laughs> I'm going to... Man versus Will. Don't bring any pretzels. Yeah, no pretzels. I'm only going to states now where they don't serve pretzels. North Queensland, Perth, um, Newcastle, Canberra, a whole bunch of places. Willanderson.com.au. There's a couple of other things on the internet you should look out for. Um, uh, Tweetfop, is that what our yeah, Twitter, Twitter is? Yeah. Um, there's also Tofop Quotes and Tofop Facts on Twitter, none of which are run by us, but they're fun they make me laugh and um on uh, tumblr there's a a tofop quotes page as well so you can search out all that stuff um and i think that's it is yeah that it? that's it that's the shit we normally do and about. and this is and we're back onto a sunday night so you know we fucking made it work once well yeah we mm. won't come on, not make any promises but no. you can at least tell we're trying yeah so fucking <laughs> what else do you want I'm Charlie Clawson. I love it. Do we want to finish on What else do you want? It was like the other day someone actually literally like messaged me on Twitter to say, hey, yeah, I um, watched your um, uh, DVD on BitTorrent and um, it was fucking hilarious. And in my head, I'm like, you know what? I understand that the internet is out there and people are stealing stuff. Hey, maybe even someone who looked like me who lived in my house did it once or twice over the years. So yeah. I understand that that's... And if people are into something, they'll eventually, you know, you know, pay for something that you're in or support you in some other way. I get yeah. that. That's cool. Whatever. But you know what? Don't message me and tell me. <laughs> like, I know it's kind of vaguely happening in the world, but I don't need to hear about how good a time you had when you stole from me. <laughs> because that's essentially what you've said is, hey... 
I took $25 out of your pocket and I had the fucking best time with that $25. You would not believe it. I had hundreds. You know how you have $25 less now and I've had $25 of fun? Uh, I just wanted to tell you all about that. Fuck you. Don't tell me. Do it. Steal from me if you will. But I want to be like my mum when I was stealing from her purse when I was growing up. I either didn't notice the little bits of money that were going or... I didn't want to know where it was going. Yeah. I just let it be. Yeah. And that's what I'm like. If you're stealing my stuff, that's fine. Just don't, just don't tell, tell me. me. <laughs> I'm Will Anderson. 